so recently I've I feel like you've been pretty busy. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about some of the stuff you've been doing? Maybe like give us highlights or something like that. Totally. I always say that my mission is to elevate and celebrate the female voice, and so therefore, anything that I can do that that can achieve that, I'll do it. And so that can mean giving a talk. It can mean meeting with young girls. It can mean giving a show. And I think right now, under the Trump administration, the female voice has been quieted more so than it has been in a very long time. And so that's given just enormous meaning to my work, therefore keeping me very busy. So recently I spoke with um, some girls at Girl Up, which is the sub-foundation of the UN Foundation. I did that in L.A. Um, I, I mean, every day there's something. Last week I did a big fundraiser in Los Angeles called Bleeding where I had five female DJs perform all night, and then I gave anyone who came to the dance party the option to pay $10 or to donate menstrual products at the door, and we took all that money and those products and then donated them to homeless women on Skid Row in Los Angeles who live down the street. Um, those are the kinds of examples of some of the events that I'm doing. Yeah, I just noticed so much different stuff. I saw all those on your Facebook feed um, as well. So I was like, yes. must be just running around everywhere. I think I feel lucky because I'm literally just living every moment. I feel like I'm living my life's passion. You know, I really feel that way. And so then it ends up serving as the fuel for my work. I think if you have to run around and do stuff that you don't really want to be doing, it, you eventually will stop because you'll run out of fuel. But I think if I tell others is that my job is to get you to play the drums or to you know, be a leader in, in feminist activism. My job is just to get you to find whatever it is that you uh, use that and mobilize that to make the world a better place. Okay, so speaking of the feminism um, stuff, basically, you're pretty well known as the free bleeding London marathon runner. Um, yeah. And I saw you speak at the UC Radio Network and you talked about how um, people don't always place, you should be careful about when you speak to people about their identity, right? Because they don't always place gender as the top thing. Yes, yes. Um, for you, I don't know, I want to know, first of all, if you do place gender as your first identifying thing. Absolutely. And then, um, what kind of sparked you to begin, uh, being such, like, a fierce feminist? It's just been in my bones since I was a kid, you know, it just, it usually, it was, I think pop culture was really what it was. <laughs> For me, I noticed that as a kid, I was most influenced and my gender roles were most shaped by Disney films, by Spice Girls, by the Power Rangers, truly. And so when I started as a kid, not really vibing with the options in pop culture that were available to girls, that's when I sort of intuitively knew something was wrong. I thought it was really unfair that, for example, Aladdin gets to be on the magic carpet and flying around and saving everybody, but then Jasmine, even though she's the princess, is the one saving. You know, she rarely had her own agency. Or even in the fight in the in the Power Rangers, the same thing. How the boys tended to be the leaders of the group, but the girls, um, you know, the, the plot line for the girls was often about their breakups and how sad they were. So it's like. As a kid, I didn't relate to that. I felt, where are those strong female characters? Because I'm female, my mom is female. I know so many badass women just as a young kid, but then they're not reflected in pop culture. And so even though I wasn't able to quite explain it like that, 
as a kid, I knew something was up. I remember even being on a tennis court as like a six-year-old, a bunch of boys and kind of getting pushed around. They would call me girly as an insult. I was like, wow, well, being a girl is a good thing, you know, and I used to just say the word feminism. I remember just like being on a tennis court once and just screaming, feminism, like I sort of knew what it meant. <laughs> I knew it meant gender equality. So that's how. That's incredibly like intuitive and conscious for a young person, I would say. Um, My parents are very woke. <laughs> they are. Yeah, I imagine so, because that's pretty conscious for anyone, I don't know, under 10 for sure. Um, whatever generation you are, maybe 10-year-olds now are more woke, but I think uh, for us, that's pretty conscious. Um, anyways, so what got you interested in drums then? Like, how did you pick up um, drums? I was at, I had already, I had already been doing other things like singing and, and uh, playing the piano. When I was um, around eight or nine years old, I went to a summer camp for sports. It was in Maine. But every afternoon, the counselors of the summer camp forced each of the campers to do a lake activity. And I really didn't like swimming. I didn't like being in the water. I didn't like kayaking and all that stuff at the time. And so I remember sneaking away and going to the theater cabin. And when I arrived at the theater cabin, I was trying to just hide the rest of the afternoon. I saw a drum set there, and it really inspired me. So I sat at it. I started kind of playing around. And then there was a maintenance man in the um, theater cabin. And I thought he was going to turn me in for sure and force me to go swimming. But it turned out that he was a drummer. And so he started teaching me how to play the drums. It was so cool. So every day that summer, I just got to hang out with him and learn how to play, and I got better at it really fast. I think the things that attracted to me were the fact that it was just rare to see anyone playing the drums, let alone a girl. I definitely liked the fact that it felt rebellious and that it felt like very girl power. Um, I also loved the fact that it was more self-expressive than um, a melodic instrument, at least the way I was taught melodic instruments. Because usually as a kid, you're like taught how to play a song, and so then if you haven't learned the song perfectly and you hit one note, it's wrong. But whereas on the drums, if you hit the left cymbal versus the right cymbal, or if you play the fill on these two toms versus those two toms, no one's going to say anything. You know, you self-expression how you want to play it as long as it's time. And I, I really love those elements of it. Yeah. My parents are really encouraging. I stayed with it. Yeah, I had to learn piano like most children, and I always hated that I had to play someone else's stuff. Exactly. Like, We're not taught how to express ourselves. Yeah, and it's it's just less fun for whatever reason. Not always, but a lot of the time. Well, right now I'm learning again the piano, and I wish I would have loved it if I was taught the basics, then go ahead and form my own self-expression as opposed to just regurgitating somebody else. Yeah, yeah, which is totally not the case. Everyone learns like classical pieces and t- note by exactly. note, as you said. Um, so as a female musician, have you faced any obstacles that are just blatant to you that you notice? And do you think those things are things that can be remedied as well as are they exclusive to the music industry? I think there's definitely misogyny. And one interesting thing that I notice if I dress particularly more femme, um, people tend to immediately take you less seriously. It's just so problematic. Like, I remember doing a DJ set in um, 
in Germany, and that they really wanted me to. They gave me a couple of clothing options, and there was one cool dress that came with a jacket. And I rarely wear dresses, but I wore the dress, and it's so interesting. I could just feel the vibe immediately. People don't take me seriously, or they have really low expectations, or they just kind of think it's not really gonna go that well. Whereas when I present more androgynously, or the clothing that I wear is more comfortable, or more playful, or more artful, um, and not necessarily femme in like a very traditional context, I tend to get taken a lot more seriously, or at least I start from a higher platform. And I think that's so unfair. I think it's, I've already picked up on that, which is why, and luckily, I tend to like more interesting clothing which tends to not be very cookie cutter but I think it's unfair for those women who do want to express themselves in a very femme you know traditionally femme way that they're going to have a much more uphill battle than than the rest of us because the norm is set by men Um, so I think one way is making sure that we dress comfortably for the stage and if that means wearing a dress then we go in anticipating the fact that maybe others may not take us as seriously, and we have to be ready for that. Um, I think the other thing that we all could do is check our own inherent biases when we watch other people play, whether they're men or women, giving them a fair or equal shot. Um, I think there's been subtler sexism throughout my life. Someone's not thinking that I know how to operate my own drums, or people thinking that it's okay to make suggestions when I'm about to sound check as to, like, um, you know, which symbol I should use or which pedal I should use. And it's like, you wouldn't be going over to any kind of guy musician, regardless of whether it's some famous person like John Mayer or a random musician, and um, and telling them what to select for their own show. You know, you just wouldn't even think that it's okay to make that suggestion unless asked. Um, whereas I think women, people do think that that's, that's welcome. Um, so I think those are some of the examples of the subtle sexism that's very frustrating um, and can distract you from just playing a great show. That's interesting that you said the DJ set provided you clothing. Do they do that for the men? Oh, actually, I think they do. It was just a cool thing because it was for Adidas. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I was like, Sorry, that's I forgot so to weird. Mention that. <laughs> okay. No, it was a wonderful thing. I was very grateful for my wonderful clothing, and I chose that outfit. There was tons of out, like more sporty stuff. I chose that outfit, so that was definitely no one's bad at all. It was more like a social experiment. It wasn't my best set um, either, but I definitely can feel the difference of me like jumping around performing in a dress. I'm just I can just feel my eyes, the eyes on me. I'm perceived differently than when I dress more masculine. Yes, Steven and I notice that all the time with anyone we go and see, a lot of the guys can look pretty, like, um, just shabby, and it's not a problem uh, yeah. in any way, and it doesn't affect women's perceptions of them as far as, like, glorifying right, them iconically cool. yeah, totally. or their musical ability. Neither thing. Totally. Right. Um, okay, so I'm really curious as to specifically what you hope to achieve with your music um, and kind of wanted to talk to you a bit about the process that you go through because I know you keep things pretty simple and I kind of want to know the reasoning behind all that and how you get to those like tracks that you have out kind of. Um, My goal for my music is to write the soundtrack for a modern feminist movement. And my process is simple for the very reason that 
the music that you hear are the skill sets that I have, the ability to sing, play the drum, and make electronic sounds. And that's it, you know? I think um, I like the idea of the drums and vocals leading because those are how I have always articulated myself. And then I like the idea of working with people like my sound designer, Alexia, to create really unique sounds that can't be copied or mimicked because they're synthesized in the studio. Um, and that inspires me. I think some of the best artists just have a unique stamp imprint where you can listen to any random song and you'd know it was them because it has personality. And so in making strong creative choices that are simply based on your own capabilities, that's how you guarantee that your music has original personality. Okay. So that makes sense because I'm, I was wondering, um, why, because I know other artists like Beyonce will sample like, uh, big feminist speeches. And so I was curious as to why, like, you hadn't gone that route, but that totally makes sense, where it's, like, pretty much self-expression and having your own uh, blueprint doing things with the skills that you have yourself, right? Yeah, I'm the one giving the speeches, you know? Yeah. In my shows, sometimes we'll sample other people for sure, but the actual music itself, I think it would be cheesy to do that. I keep giving everybody advice to own their voice, so I have to take my own advice and own my own voice, share my own perspective, contribute to the conversation. What does the future as female mean to you and kind of what fulfills you? Totally. I'll answer the last question first. What fulfills me is when I set a basic challenge for myself and I'm able to meet it. So with my running, if it's setting a certain mileage, if it's my, my work stream, you know, literally being like, can you get through these 10 emails? If it's with... Um, uh, teaching myself a new skill set musically, um, being able to achieve that skill set like DJing. So I think for me, what, what motivates me and makes me feel fulfilled is when I set a challenge and I achieve it. And I think it's also about self-love. You know, when we honor our own promises to ourselves, we build self-confidence, we build self-trust, and we build self-love, which I think is a lot of work. And then uh, the future of female means that no longer will female qualities be subordinated to male qualities. The future of female means that we learn from the female archetype for our very survival to develop alternative sources of leadership. I think right now we learn so much from the men in our life, but we've gone so far on the masculine hyper-machismo spectrum when we look at Trump's leadership, which is about brute force, not listening, damning something through, proving power with, um, with might and force, as opposed to proving power by listening, by coming up with emotionally intelligent solutions, by negotiating with respect, by trying to unlock value for both parties as opposed to just for one. And so to me, the future of the female means that we, lurk, we look to the women in our life and their qualities and say, how can we actually use those to build a brighter future? <laughs>